We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. Also presented by Twisted Tea. We'll tell you about Twisted Tea in a little bit. First, I want to tell you about Pinnacle. I'm going to Martin tell you about Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Palomo's with me. I'm Jackson. I got a lot of things going on right at this very moment. So I'm, my mind is racing in different directions. But Martin, I'm going to pull it together. Here I go right now. Pulling it together. You got it, dude. You got it, man. Got it going on. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. Do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. And, uh, Martin, before we get rolling, please tell the people um, what's going on there Sweet. at Pinnacle. Yeah, man. We are uh, we are back into the swing of things, man. It is, uh, it's prime time. Football season starting. School has started. Uh, kind of crazy, man. My kids, their first football game is tomorrow night for high school. They just started. Today was their first full day back in school. I don't think... I can't remember that we've ever had football this early um, in high school, which is exciting to me, dude. I'm, I love football season. Um, it is definitely the one of some, the second most wonderful time of the year. Uh, I do love Christmas, but I do love the fact that we get football from now all the way through Christmas. My life is going to be uh, a lot more busy with, with football in it. And then also we are back to the swing of things with, with pinnacle man. And we have, kind of wild man right out of the gate we uh it feels like i have a turbocharger that got slapped on my back and i didn't realize it was going to get bolted on um but it is all all good stuff man we have uh making big moves we've got some um i don't know man we're just growing and expanding and we'll we'll talk about that in in future uh future episodes but uh for right now um you know we are back in the swing of things my schedule's a little bit tighter but um, you know, for folks that have been listeners to the show and, you know, a little confused on what's going on in markets or, you know, folks that were really nervous that we were going to be, you know, in a lost year this year with markets and went to cash completely. And now they're kicking themselves because, uh, the boat left the Harbor and they feel like they are left behind. So a lot of times people are like, well, now it's too late. It's not too late. You just need, you need to let a captain get on the ship instead of trying to be the captain of your ship. So if that described you or you have no idea where your ship is going, uh, give us a call, 601-957-0323. Um, or you can do what most folks do and email us at info at mypinnwealth.com. 
do you find that more and more people are kind of sensing some optimism right now or are people still in kind of feeling the the the, the react the, the leftovers from the punches that their 401ks and such took over the last few years yeah um it has been my experience that that folks take the punches on the way down right they get their black eyes their bloody nose their gums busted their chin split open and then at some point what usually happens because they they make emotional investments and we even i mean dude we have i mean emotional decisions well i guess emotional investments too <laughs> and we see this a lot with our clients but the deal is is that i i generally end up talking my clients off of the ledge and they'll say you know like hey i'm going to sell and i'm like nope if you're wanting to sell and the, the i kind of had a little bit of a smart ass comment i used to say which was hey if you're upset and pissed off because you're looking at your portfolio and it's bleeding and you're ready to throw a brick through my window go ahead and throw the brick smash the window we'll pay for the window to get replaced but on the back of that brick there better be a check for me to deposit into your account because when you're ready to throw the brick through the window that's the time we need to buy because most people will inevitably sell at the wrong time and they'll sell at the bottom. And then you have years like this year where, I mean, man, the S and P 500 is, is up 20%, but that, that rise actually started in, you know, fourth quarter of last year. So, you know, it's up almost 25 ish, 26 percent off of the bottom. And then what happens is the elevator comes up to the floor where they got off and continues to go up and then they're like okay well i'm comfortable with where the markets are now well they're comfortable when things are probably getting a little frothy and they say okay i'm ready to step back in but they exited on the you know on the at the basement and they get back in on the 10th floor and then they wonder like well why why doesn't my money ever grow and it's like well dude because you <laughs> you've done the opposite of what we're supposed to do right you know buy low sell high you sell low and you buy high so I said all that to say, you know, even our clients get nervous, but I have to direct them to, you know, the plan saying, hey, what happens today, we're not even going to be talking about in 25 years, we got to have a long term focus. And when you can show them the data, show them the math, because it's all just math, then we can take the emotion, you know, out of it. And, uh, you know, I think that's really the biggest value we add for clients is not that we you know, significantly outperform all these benchmarks, which last year, uh, we kicked the bond markets benchmarks, but I mean, all up and down the field, but so I'll spike the football there. I whipped the bond markets and in the, the index, I whipped it significantly. Um, and then the hedges in our portfolio last year helped significantly too. And unfortunately, like in your 401ks, you don't have hedges in the 401ks. You just don't have access to it. So you know, folks that we work with, um, our goal is always kind of, it's funny, you and I were joking, uh, the beginning of the show pre-show about keeping things between the ditches, you know, uh, staying out of trouble. And that's kind of what we do with our portfolios too. We, we avoid the highs. I mean, we avoid the lows, but we also miss the highs, but we just keep, we keep everything in the middle. We keep it, keep the car between the ditches. So I think that's what, uh, the benefit of having a professional. And of course, you know, we'd love to be people's professionals, but if they have someone they work with that they like, that's what, that's what their advisor should be doing is helping them remove the emotion from the equation. Yeah, no, you, you, you can't, you can't approach your finances the way that you approach a football season as nah. a fan. Right. I mean, you just can't, Hey, when you, when you win a couple in a row, we're winning the Super Bowl, And when you lose a couple in a row, it's let's fire everybody. Nope. It, you, that you can't do that with your money. No, um, you, you, no, you, you can't. can't do that with your retirement plans and such. You, you just can't, Hey, we, we, damn it. We shouldn't have lost that game. Everybody's fired. Nah. Now you gotta start over again. That's not smart. That's, but it's, yeah. it, but it's hard sometimes not to be emotional. It's one of the reasons, I mean, not to further steer business your way, I'd like for you to do well and have more business, but it's why you need somebody else doing your thing because, you know, 
you have the ability to not be emotional about it, to be analytical, yeah. to be to to be level headed, even keeled, to look at to be able to talk like you said, talk somebody off the ledge. And if you're doing your own stuff, and there are exceptions. I'm sure there are people that are perfectly capable of doing their own thing and they're 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 yeah, able to there, do, are. there are those people exist. But yep. most people get emotional about money and they're maybe they're married to someone who gets emotional about money and stuff and that's just that's a place you that's something you can avoid by letting a yeah. professional handle it for you. Well, dude, especially in marriages, um it lets me be the bad guy. You know, I'm not the the husband is not the person telling the wife that they can or can't do something or vice versa. The wife is not the person telling the husband they can or can't do something. It's, you know, I can be bad guy. I can be buffer, uh, which sometimes I, I have to do that, but it's not, it's not often. Usually when we have both parties in the meetings and both parties kind of understand what the goals are, how we're getting there. Um, you know, if we need to make an adjustment, we make an adjustment. And then the other thing, like I had a client yesterday, She's in Missouri. Uh, we were doing a Zoom, and but we were we were looking through the planning piece, and she's um she's freshly divorced, so her life is kind of changing or has changed. You know, her financial circumstances changed, and she had a lot of fear and anxiety about, you know, did she have enough? Uh, was she going to be able to have a, a dignified retirement? And you know, we kind of looked at everything, and from the you know first glance, it's like, yeah, you've got you're good. You're in good shape. You don't, you know, you don't spend a lot of money. You make, you make money and you don't spend a lot. And we kind of, but I put in there, I built out the, Hey, you know, what if, um, you know, we're gonna have to buy cars. I put in the, you know, different years of, you know, in between, we're going to have to buy cars. Uh, and I said, you know, this all looks wonderful. You know, we traveled a little bit. I was like, but let me show you where this thing blows up. And because she's a divorced woman, um, and they didn't have any children, there's no one to take care of her if she gets sick, like long-term healthcare sick, like needing nursing facilities. And, you know, I told her, I was like, the average cost of care is about 90000 a year. And the average length of care is about four years for, you know, and women generally are a little bit later in life when they need that. Um, but there's no one to help her at the moment. And that could change. I said, look, this is your biggest risk um, that you have a healthcare event. And I showed what the impact is on the portfolio. And she runs out of money at age 82. And of course, she kind of like had a little bit of a freak out. And I was like, look, look don't freak out. There is a solution. I'm not going to show you a problem without having a solution for the problem. And, you know, and I told her, it's easy to take care of. We just have to do it. But what happens a lot of times is people don't know about those risks that are 25 or 30 years down the road. And then, you know, they may hate, they may hit 65 or 70 before they're like, oh, God. We have this obstacle we're going to have to overcome in 10 years, but at that point, it's too late. You can't, you can't mitigate that risk. It is, you know, you just got to brace for impact if it happens. I mean, it's a one in three chance. That's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty significant odds. I mean, what if you're batting 33 or 333 in uh major league baseball, you're a, you're a, a pretty consistent batter. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's well, be hitting really well these days with all the strikeouts. There's a lot of strikeouts. We don't want to talk about baseball today. I, 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 I was speaking of fan emotion, emotional fan. I, I, the Cubs have sucked me back in. And last night they lost a game to the Mets that I was very, very frustrated with how it ended. And you don't want, you don't, you don't need to hear that diatribe. I, let's put it this way. I don't like bunting. I hate bunts bunts if i ever manage a baseball team i mean it's possible we won't bunt it's gonna ever swing for the fences no no we'll swing for fences but we won't bunt we'll have situational hitting but we won't bunt not ever i'm assuming you got burnt on some bunts last night no one bunt one one okay. and what's one too many bunts so you don't we don't bunt I think I'd like to know how you feel about bunting. I'm vehemently opposed. I, I, I couldn't gather that. Yeah, vehemently I'm opposed. glad you had to be very explicit. I was really <laughs> struggling with figuring out whether you enjoyed the strategy of bunting or... 
Oh not, man. You know, I mean, you're, you're a tough man to figure out. Neil. I, know, you don't speak, I know. You don't speak your mind very often. Uh, it's just, I really, I really struggle to understand what you like and what you don't like. So I give a shout out right here to, uh, you, Said you and no I, one ever, never, you and I were talking <laughs> about this before we started. Uh, my, my guy, Mason Brooks, who uh, played at Ole Miss last year, he, he was, he and I did a show together. It was called, uh, as you might guess, the Mason Brooks show. Yeah. I like uh, it. He, he didn't get, to, didn't get to play a lot at Ole Miss last year, but man, he, he had so many chances where he could have just said, you know what, Neil, I don't want to do this show anymore. It's, it's awful. People are saying stuff. Uh, it's hard. I'm not getting to play. Uh, let's just kill it. And I would have been like, you know what, Mason? I get it. We'll figure out the money and stuff. I get it. He never did, man. He showed up week after week after week. That's awesome, man. And um, a lot of character, a lot of character revealing there. Tons of character. He is a one of one of the best one of the best young people I've ever dealt with. Um just a big mountain of a guy, but he's just really smart, really kind. He came over to the house at one point to pick something up and he visited with Carson. Couldn't have been nicer to my son. Um, just a fantastic, fantastic guy. I've gotten to know uh, some people in his family, talked to his grandmother a couple of times. I mean, they're just, they're just great people. And so I, I told Mason, you know, he at one point last year, I mean, there were some people that, you know, were reaching out to him about like life after football. And yeah. This is it. We'll turn this into a life lesson. It's for me too. It's a life lesson. Um I'm super proud of him. Here's why. He got he he got um adversity. He had thirty offers coming out of Western Kentucky. He already was on the Senior Bowl. Uh, for people who aren't football fans, the Senior Bowl is the preeminent postseason game for college seniors. They go to Mobile for a week. The NFL basically has a convention in Mobile, essentially. Uh, the two teams, they, they play a, I guess it's a north-south game, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, two different NFL coaching staffs coach the game. Oh, so cool. so like let's say the, 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 the Cleveland Browns staff takes the South team and the Atlanta Falcons staff takes the North team or whatever. It doesn't matter what <laughs> two NFL teams gotcha. take, take, take the, 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 the teams and they coach them all week. Like it's an NFL week. Cool experience. It's uh, it's huge. It's a big, big deal in mobile. It's a great opportunity for players. And Mason was on the radar to play in that game. He picked Ole Miss. Uh, he thought it would be the starting right tackle at Ole Miss. Um, he got a concussion in uh, the early part of preseason camp, about this time last year, and um, he he didn't he didn't play much. He uh, there a lot of, a lot of factors. Frankly, he had every reason to be really bitter, and and he he really wasn't. He 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 was positive, and and he did the best he could, and he kept himself available and fresh and ready and. By the end, it was really hard, um, but he, he gutted through it. He did the show every single week. Um, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a big fan of him right there. But there were people that were talking to him about post football, and he wasn't ready to talk post football yet. He wasn't ready to give football up, and um, he had some connections. He got invited to, I guess it was the East West Shrine Game, which is a lower level Senior Bowl. Much lower level, frankly. Uh, it may have been even the Hula Bowl or something, and he got it. Then he got invited to the East West Shrine Game, and I remember him telling me that uh, the Commanders liked him. The Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington Redskins, they're now the Washington Commanders. Um, he said they like me. I, I, I think, I think there's a chance they pick me up after the draft. And uh, the NFL draft is seven rounds. He wasn't drafted. But he signed with the commanders as what's called a UDFA. It's an undrafted free agent. Uh, for those that don't know, most UDFAs don't make it. Uh, every, every once in a while, an undrafted free agent will will stick on a practice squad. Gotcha. Um, and sometimes get 
worked up. It's it's the higher you're drafted, the more investment the franchise has in you. Yes, the organization has in you. Well, the more investment they have in you, the longer rope you're going to get before they cut you loose. Sure. I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you're not, they're not in the business of losing money. Totally but, understand that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, they they, they want to win games. Um, so he, uh, I was reading a story just as, before we got started. Uh, the commanders have an exhibition game tomorrow night in Cleveland, but as of this moment, it appears that he is playing his way onto their roster as a backup offensive lineman in the NFL as an undrafted free agent rookie. He played, uh, he can play guard, he can play tackle, he can play left side, he can play right side. He's versatile, strong, he's had a really good camp. Obviously, he, he needs to have a strong performance when he gets on the field in these preseason games. Yep. But I was saying all this, it, the, the life lesson is this. For your kids, for my kids, for anybody's kids. Your dreams are over when you decide they're over. I can get behind that, man. That's, that's when, now there's a mental toughness to that. You can do anything that you want to do as long as you believe you can do it and as long as you're committed to putting in the work. That's the bottom line. And when a bunch of people tell you to quit and you don't want to quit, don't quit. Quit when you're ready to quit. But don't quit because other people tell you that you need to quit. Quit because you tell yourself that it's time to quit. And if he makes an NFL roster... It is one of the coolest stories I've ever been around. So he's uh right now he is not he's not rostered yet. He's trying to get on the roster or he is rostered. He's on the roster but they haven't made all the final cuts yet. So he's pr- okay. I mean, he's probably, you know, he's probably fighting for one of the last spots on the 53 man. But at least at this point he's probably put himself in a position where at worst case he's on a practice squad. Yeah. You know, where you're still in the building, all that stuff. Was that a? Did you do you know Mike Espy's story? He was uh with the Redskins when they were the Redskins too. Guy from Madison, I graduated with him. Um, he's an Ole Miss guy, athlete as well. He does a lot of training now. But I know he was. I know he did. He was. Uh, I know he was on the practice squad for the Redskins, but I don't yeah. know enough if he was like undrafted free agent or whether he actually. Got drafted. I'm trying not. to think I, whether Mike was drafted or not. I, 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 he's come on our podcast before. For some reason, I don't think Mike was drafted. Gotcha. So uh, similar. And if I'm if similar, I'm if I'm wrong, by the way, I apologize. That's not a, that's not an intentional oversight. I just don't recall. It's been it's been a minute, and the, the mind is a little more frail. <laughs> well, I mean, that was 20 years ago, uh, or almost 20 years ago, anyway. So it's kind of crazy how quick quick time flies but but i didn't know if he was undrafted or if he was drafted i just remember him being on the redskins you know at least the practice squad while i was in dc and uh and it was really my that was the, the redskins were my first team that you know i lived in the city that uh that the team represented man so i would go and they were it was very much a letdown even though there was so much talent on the field, it's like the you know they always shot themselves in the foot. Um, it's a little bit frustrating to go to the Skins games, but um, but it was fun nonetheless, man. I I, I wish Mason the the best. Yeah, so. it's just a, such a cool story. I mean, so the fu- the funny part of the story I was telling you is I told him uh, last year at the end. I mean, we we became we became pretty good friends. Uh, I, I think I think we consider each other friends. Um. He knows I really admired his sticking to the podcast. He didn't have to. He could have quit that show. There, were, there was there was stuff involved around that show that was infuriating, frankly. But um, he didn't. He stuck with it. And I, I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm just going to tell you, you, you make an NFL roster, I'll be at your first game. And I meant it when I said it, but I also knew the odds were stacked kind of against him. You know, and yeah, so you, you might have to catch that check. And so I literally was looking their first two games. <laughs> they play uh, they play they play at home against the Arizona Cardinals on September the 10th. That's their opener. 
obviously Ole Miss plays Tulane the day before and I've got right. stuff to do. So I'd have to find a way to get to Washington early in the morning and flying out of Memphis is not exactly fun. Uh, it's not exactly easy to get someplace. I, I probably could do it. That's a noon game. Then they played the following week, their road opener at Denver and Ole Miss plays uh, Georgia Tech the day before. So I, I, I might, I might be able to pull that off. Might be able to pull that off. I probably could actually, I probably could pull that off. No, I know I could. I could do that deal where I left on, even on Friday. I think that's a night game. I could leave on Saturday afternoon, get to Denver in time to watch the game and still do the post-game show and all that stuff from the road and all that and, and still go to his game and fulfill my, I said I was going to be you're, there. I'll buy it. Your moral obligation to him. I'll feel like I, I fulfilled my promise if I make it to the second game. I, I think that go. would be that would be that would be doable. Well, I mean, and I would think that Southwest would fly into BWI, um, out of Memphis direct because BWI I think is one of their hubs, and you're actually closer to Landover from BWI than like going into Dulles. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, because Landover's in Maryland, and BWI is literally just right outside of DC. Yeah, uh, it's between Baltimore and yeah, and I've Washington. Fl- I've flown to uh, BWI and taken the train to Washington several times. Absolutely, and then you just hop on the Blue Line. Like once you get off the Amtrak, you hop on the Blue Line at, um, at Union Station, and Blue Line takes you directly to Landover, or you could uber from from union but yeah it's on that northeast side of dc just uh just throwing it out there i mean yeah you um, know because there should be a direct from memphis to bwi because i think bwi is one of their big is one of their big hubs for southwest yeah uh there there is not dang a, well there is a direct but it's not until twelve thirty p.m which would get me there right as the uh, game ended uh in fact there's no yeah, there's nothing. There's really nothing. I'd have to. I think the Denver thing is the way to go. Uh, actually, cool. the more I look at the more I look at this, the more I think that Denver would be the. Well, dude, I'll tell you what, man. I'll I'll let you borrow the Pinnacle Gulfstream. Um, oh, that would be lovely. The G four thousand. That would be great. Yeah, you can. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, Jeeves is going to pick you up at your door. Yeah. And. Uh, and and drive you to uh the oxford could you airport could you do and, me one favor with jeeves the last yeah. time that i did this with jeeves he talked too much and i i will i want to get uh, well i want to jeeves is my brother and i can't help it so <laughs> i want to relax i don't want to have to tell jeeves. i don't want to have to like hey look neil doesn't want to talk about i know that you love Ole miss football jeeves but neil does not want to talk about Ole miss football on the way to airport yeah i want to relax That's what he does for work yeah i want to relax i don't want to have and also don't want to have to deal with the little people i mean i i i, I want to i just want i mean it's such an inconvenience isn't it it is talking gosh, just to a person normal people just yeah. gosh i mean i'll make sure that he has your caviar uh do you take it room temperature or cold or I like a little chilled slightly chilled with um not chilled too much with with uh with either some crystal or some We'll make it classy, and we'll do some old school Dom. We'll pick you up in the Rolls Royce too. To oh, that'd be lovely. To uh, to get you to the that airport. would that would be perfect, perfect for <laughs> the pin- the pinnacle Rolls Royce. Um, Fantastic, yes, that'd be awesome. Yes. I, 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 that, that solves everything. I look forward to that. That uh, that that'll be that'll be awesome. Maybe when we land at the airport, we can take a helicopter and get close i'd like to i really will drop you we'll drop you right on the 50 i don't yeah that'd be great i don't want to have to walk much <laughs> walking is for the peasants it's for the peasants i mean gosh look <laughs> at all those poor look at all those poor people down there on, yeah. on earth <laughs> we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, that was a fun little trip in fantasy world. Yeah, okay, that would be so great. <laughs> That's it. We were having the conversation this past week about if you won the $1.55 billion or whatever, you know, what would you do? Yeah, the short answer is to any of our listeners that do that, um, do not go claim that check. You call me. We are going to an attorney's office with that check, and we are creating two trusts, and then we will manage that for you. And you will not pay Uncle Sam. You will keep all of it. Bam. Really? Yes. Yes. All right. No, all now, right. All right. No, you're going to take oh, a reduced oh, payout because you're going to take, you're going to collect all of the proceeds up front. So the, on the 1.455, it was like, and for the people that are out there listening to remember the exact number, bear with me here. Let's just do this yeah. for simple, for simple math. Yeah. It We're was like playing. six, it was like $600 million. So let's just is the, lump, is the lump sum number. Yeah, let's just use that number. I'm not sure that number is exactly right, but it's in yeah. the ballpark of of right. So in this world, your boy wins, gets the lottery. I nail it, yeah. and I you win. I win 1.55 billion, and the 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 single payout is 600 600 million dollars on the nose. Yeah. I call yeah. you, and I'm like Martin. You're not going to believe this. Yep. But I won the Powerball. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know what, Neil? I do believe it. <laughs> and don't tell anyone else. Thank you for calling me. Uh, we are not telling anyone else. We are going directly to your favorite estate planning attorney. It, I mean, if you have one that you love, we can go see them. It doesn't matter. If you don't have one that you love, I have several that we can. Okay. All right. So I, I say, I say, Martin, I'm going to go to the guy you rec or the girl or whoever you recommend. Yeah, 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 and uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna carry those uh, that ticket, and uh, we are gonna gift that ticket into those trusts that uh, that are created, and is never gonna have your name attached to them at all. Um, and then uh, they will, will be charitable trusts because you're you're a very loving and giving person. But one of those trusts are gonna pay you. Uh, income right now while you're alive and then when you are no longer here then uh either harvard on the bayou or whomever it is that you love dearly maybe the cubs foundation or uh someone people you love dearly are going to get a quite a lump sum upon your death but then the other half is going to be deposited into a uh trust that's also a charitable trust and uh you are going to uh you're going to allow your charity of choice, whether it be Harvard on the Bayou or Ole Miss or whomever to receive income now. And then your kids are going to get a massive lump sum um, at the very end. And so even if it was 600 million, let's just say we split it 50, 50, you have $300 million that you're going to draw income off of right now. Okay. Which easy math, 5%, we can draw 5% off of that without depleting principal or anything like that. So uh, 10% of 300 million is 30 million. So, um, half of that is 15 million. So you will have 15 million a year in income coming into you that, uh, I'm sure that you could probably, uh, I mean, what, what would that be? A million three a month? Yeah. Probably ish. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I could make it. I think that'll be all right. I can't even I can't even then, fathom that amount of money. And then and then the kiddos when uh when you guys are no longer here are going to get the growth of that other 300 million. So it's probably going to be I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know, man. A couple billion dollars by the time oh my you God. guys are no but the kids are going to inherit, so 
So you're saying the kids would be okay? I could. Kids will be all right. I mean, they'll be all right. They'll yeah. Be all right. <laughs> yeah. But guess who gets? Guess who gets nothing? In that scenario, the government doesn't get a, all. It gets is what it got from the beginning. It gets nothing. It gets nothing from the beginning. All goes into charitable trust. They're not getting taxes. Now they'll tax you on your income, like on the fifteen million. But. But we could also set those up where all most of that income is federally income tax free. <laughs> I mean, dude, I can. Uncle Sam loves to give it to you. And look, I am not a legal or a tax expert, uh, but I can give it back to Uncle Sam too. So I just can't even. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? Just it'd be awesome, dude. I mean, how much would your how much would your lifestyle change? Um, you would know that I hit the lottery because I would, uh, the first thing I probably would do, I would have, uh, I would, I would save a couple months of that income and I would purchase a home at Golden Oak in Orlando on the Disney property. That's how you would know that I hit, Okay, that I hit the lottery. So if, if, I, if you ever, if I ever have, uh an address that's in the golden oak neighborhood in at disney you know i you know i hit the lottery because that'll probably be the only way i'll ever be able to afford one of those houses or be willing to afford one so one was just went on the market is a six thousand square foot house uh for sale for like 16 million dollars but i don't need that much i don't need six thousand square feet i would I'd be happy. I'd be happy with twenty five hundred. I would sell here. I'd leave here. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd let Carson finish high school, or I could just go buy Carson a high school. Um, I would. <laughs> you can buy his diploma for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would. I would. Uh, I'd get a place. I'd get a place on the beach, and a place in the mountains. And that would be it. Yeah, I think Jennifer would 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 want me to have a would want to have a place on the beach too. But honestly, I don't think that she would even care if it was a you know like a where you could tell you spent. Well, that's my thing. Like, like I, 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 I wouldn't I think she'd just be happy with a place on the beach. Yeah, I wouldn't want. I, I know people are like, well, you'd be able to afford to pay whatever. Whatever. I wouldn't want so much that I had to worry about maintaining a lot. I, I would, yeah. I would, my life would still be pretty simplistic. I think. I don't think I, I, think would, I would still, I don't think I, I would, think I would suddenly still, uh, come to work every day too. So are you serious? I would. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Cause I, I mean, dude, I enjoy what we do, man. I enjoy like building things and solving problems. And I mean, I think there's only so much like golf or, uh, you know, or, I mean, look, I love, I love Disney, but I, you know, I just couldn't spend every day there. Um, you know, I probably would travel a good bit, uh, more than I do now. So, you know, I'd probably still come into work, you know, eat, well, I'm, I'm, I say every day, but I guess if I'm not coming every day, I may be more of a, of a hindrance than, a than a help. I would not. I wouldn't continue to work. I mean, I, I would, I would actually miss podcasting a little bit, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep up with all of the material enough to do a, I would, I would maybe be interested in doing a different kind of podcast, but if I think if you made that kind of money, you would, you would not want to be on a podcast because if you accidentally said something about someone, they could come after you. So uh, they would have to come after your trust. So I probably would just go and that would not be possible. I probably would just go read books and I don't know what I do, man. I miss my thing is I, I, I was, that was the conversation I had. I know this is boring to people. I, it was a conversation I had, but I don't, I don't know that I'd like people like, well, you'd pick up golf or I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I enjoy playing golf, but I mean, I wouldn't want to play. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go play day. golf every day. I don't think, I mean, I, I, no. I don't know that I'd ever be. I think if I played like one or two times a week, I'd be cool with that. I don't know that I, I could get good right enough. Now. I don't know that I could get good enough to enjoy like the really nice courses and such. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I understand that. 
I would travel some. I would definitely travel a good bit. I would go see places in the world that I've always wanted to see and that I'll probably will never see. I mean, I, at, at this rate, I'll, there's, there's a list of places that I've always wanted to go that I won't, I won't get to. I, I, I realize that. I've, I've kind of resigned myself to that, um, that I, I won't get to those places. But I would, I would definitely see those places if I, if I had that kind of money. I mean, 1.3 million a, a month, I think I'd be able to. I'd be able to. You'd survive. I'd be able to make the trip to Italy, uh, and, and a couple times. A couple times, and probably be able in to go to, in Germany and Iceland. And yep. I've always wanted to go to Antarctica. Yeah, I have a buddy that uh, I have a buddy that did it. They did a. It was like a cruise, not a cruise ship, because uh, it was an adventure trip. And there's a picture of him jumping off of the boat into the water. Um, like with Antarctica, with, with the kind of the the I don't know what you call them the fjords, the cliffs, ice the ice cliffs in the background. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they tied a safety rope or a safety harness to all of them that did it, just because when they hit the water, it's like total shock uh, <laughs> to the body. But yeah, there's some adventure trips uh, where you can go. You can go do that, man. And I think I don't know. I guess where we can tie this back into finance and. <laughs> How this try to get back on is, path yeah is um i mean dude there are people who come into windfalls of cash you know sometimes it's inheritance sometimes it's you know it's it's essentially like hey you didn't have that money yesterday and then all of a sudden you have this money today and sometimes it's people's 401ks you know they've worked really hard their whole life they've lived frugally and then all of a sudden they retire and they have a million dollar rollover and it's easy to go Hey, I'm rich and I'm going to go buy a Ferrari and all this stuff. And that's one of the, you know, one of our roles is talking people through strategy of what to do whenever, you know, what's tax efficient, you know, how do you protect yourself legally? Um, you know, what's the most efficient way, you know, and a lot of, a lot of folks for us too, which you wouldn't think we have, you know, with Mississippi being an agricultural state, um, you know, we, found that we have been very beneficial to uh, a lot of the chicken farmers who had chicken, you know, chicken houses. Yep. And then all of a sudden they sell and the tax issues for people who own, um, you know, especially chicken farms because they've gotten a lot of subsidies and whatnot from government. It ends up being a very difficult, um, you know, tax issue for them. And, we found some really creative ways to help them keep keep their money and not give it to the IRS, who is not going to be good stewards of your money. No, the IRS doesn't care about your money. They just want to take it. <laughs> they just want it. They just want it all. Yep. And then the government, to spend it frivolously like a child given a credit card with no credit limit. Yeah, there's a story I was telling you about. I, I'll I'll give credit where it's due because I can't find the story. I was I heard it on uh, Breaking Points, the podcast that I enjoy. Uh, it's today's edition, the, so the Thursday, August the tenth edition. Um, Americans had crossed a new threshold in credit card debt. Mm. Pretty massive number. Credit card debt is way up. Student loan debt is up. There's a story in the Wall Street Journal today about universities and just the amount of spending that they do. It's one of the reasons that tuition keeps going up, which means student loan debt keeps going up. Um, it was it was interesting. Uh, car debt is up. There's, there's a lot of just debt that, that Americans have that... Um, yeah, well, I mean, and, and, a lot and, of it to, was... To me, debt is like... The, the, the debt is suffocating. You know, I mean, it can be if you're um, trying to crawl and there's, out. Of there's it. people who use it, you know, strategically to build wealth. Uh, I think it really depends on how you use it, man. I mean, you're right. Credit card debt. And look, I'm guilty of, you know, of having the credit card debt, especially like when I got out of college, man, um, I racked up so much, you know, money on credit cards. Uh, and, you know, and I'll say some of it was. Cause I mean, I had, man, I had kids young. I mean, Christopher, I, Christopher, I was 21 when Christopher was born and I was trying to rub, you know, rub pennies together to get dollars. And, um, man, but it took me forever to get, uh, the credit card debt 
you know, under control. And then, uh, and then, man, it's easy for it to, to run back up. Um, you know, if you don't, if you don't watch it and, and don't manage it. And it's the one that can, it's the one that can have a lot of creep. So like when, when interest rates were low, I mean, credit card interest rates are still higher than, you know, than, than any other, uh, interest rate that's out there, you know, like not, that's not subprime. And so, but you're, you know, accustomed to paying 15% interest on your credit cards. And then all of a sudden interest rates went up and now folks are paying the upper twenties and thirties. And man, uh, a lot of folks got accustomed to the standard of living during COVID where there was lots of extra money in the bank accounts from government, um, you know, uh, stimulus and, a lot of folks have found themselves trying to maintain that standard of living in a period of inflation, you know, where we had high inflation and things just started costing more and savings were being eroded. Um, you know, and folks are waking up with, they've got big balances on the credit card. And then now all of a sudden those deferrals of student loans that they've enjoyed for three years are about to crank back up. Uh, it's going to cause some pain, man, for sure. Um, you know, I think there'll be some people that will, um, maybe toss in the towel and say, Hey, I can't get out of this. So I'm going to try to either file for bankruptcy, but student loans are, uh, not bankruptable. So they will follow them to the grave. Yeah. Um, I mean, Biden as of this week, still trying to come up with ways to, uh, to cancel the student loan debt. And that's, it looks like that's a losable, that's, that's a, unwinnable case for him yeah well i mean dude i just don't uh it's kind of the conversation i'm having with christopher right now he's on the struggle bus right now he's at junior college um he's playing soccer you know he's act scores got him his you know academic his tuition paid and his soccer stuff has given him a little bit of cash in his pocket but the next school is he's not going to be making money you know, in one of the schools he's talking about going to is out of state with out of state tuition. Uh, his grades are decent, but they're not going to get him a waiver of the out of state tuition. And I'm just like, dude, like your mom and I are, are, are in for this. I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know his mom's financial, um, situation. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're no longer married. I don't, I don't have, it's not my business. I don't ask those questions. And I'm like, you might find yourself in a situation where you're having to, take out some loans uh to cover the 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 difference in the cost and i'm like dude it just make you need to make sure that you are willing and understand everything that's going on if you're saying hey i'm gonna go to the south state school and it's going to cost me more is it giving you any benefit you know which i don't the school he's talking about i don't think gives him any additional benefit you know versus going to Ole miss or mississippi state um, you know, it's not going to open doors for him for, but he's got buddies there. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, man, that's yeah. the, but I also, I get it, man. The social, there is a, uh, I think having a good social experience is important too. It is. Um, it is. It's very know, important. He's, it's very important. Yeah. He's, yeah. uh, it's just, is, is it, you know, can you put a value on that? And I, I don't know the answer. He's the only one that's going to be able to answer the question. So, yeah. But I think a lot of kids end up in his situation where they're like, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, 50 grand into the hole. And, you know, then you get out. And it's like all of a sudden you've got a $600 a month um, student loan payment. And before you've done rent or anything else. And my question is, dude, are you going to make, get a job that pays you enough you know, $1, to $1,000 a right. month better? Because, you know, 600 bucks a month after taxes you, know, you got to make 850 or 900 to get that after tax yeah so yeah that's, if that if the answer is no uh, yeah it's tough man it's tough it's why i'm i'm a firm believer that there should be a crackdown on some majors and some things at the higher education level there there's you you there there are and this pisses people off man i mean i get people they get angry but there if you're graduating from college with a degree that's not usable yep and you have massive debt 
you did yourself no favor at all. I mean, you buried yourself almost from the yeah. get-go. You'd have been better off just working at Starbucks through college and figuring it out. I mean, dude, and I mean, not I not even going to college, just working at Starbucks for four working. years. And I wouldn't even be opposed. And this one, I'll probably get smacked for saying this, but I'll I'll say it anyway. I'll ask for forgiveness later. You know, you're right. There are some degrees that just don't command the income after graduation. And I'm not saying that they're any less of a degree, but maybe the price per credit hour for those degrees should be at, uh, you know, at a market rate. So it's Agreed. like, hey, if you're going to make $25,000 a year when you graduate, maybe the cost of school is, you know, half of what it is for someone who's going to make, you know, 50 or if you're an engineer and you make it, maybe they put a premium on the, yep. you know, engineers uh, credit hours. Maybe they're more expensive than what they are now because you're going to make. I don't think you have to make them more. I think you can look, the universities have to stop some of this. I mean, they do this, some of the stuff that, that they're doing at, at the university level. I mean, I, I mean, I'm covering college athletics and, and the, the, the amount of money that's being thrown around and athletics and stuff is stupid. And uh, the, the, some of this, this, the spending and the staffing and all of the stuff is completely unnecessary. I mean, it, it really is. And you're the, People say, what difference does it make? Well, it, it makes a difference because you're raising the prices on the kids. You're raising the prices on the tuition. That's how you're paying for the, some of the silliness, the programs. the, the. I mean, I, I, you sort of have a clue where I stand politically. I mean, a lot of the silly, touchy-feely BS is completely unnecessary. You could wipe it off the face of the institution it, like that. Drop every bit of it. And all the people, yes, the people associated with it, you could get rid of them. You could send them on their way. The university would continue to function just fine. You would you sure. would cut so much fat. Sure. I mean, the way that they did in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. Yes. Yes, precisely. All right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. It's, uh, it's Thursday afternoon. Appreciate everybody jo joining us on a... Um, later edition of mind on my money we'll be back uh as far as i know next week i'm trying to think if i have anything next week i don't think i do i, I, I don't uh, the only the only time i have uh, another well the end of august i'll have we may just shift around because i have a conference that thursday the whatever the 30th or i have thursday friday conference but anyway we'll we can communicate before then or we might just it's the labor day before right before labor day weekend so we might just punt too i don't know okay yeah we'll figure something out all right we'll be back next week with another edition of mind of my money presented by pinnacle again don't forget it's mypinwealth.com m-y-p-i-n-n wealth.com um yeah so for martin i'm neil until next time take care